In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Roy Wood Jr., and this is Beyond the Scenes, the show where we go deeper into the topics that you see on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. You know how they have the talking dead for the walking dead and, you know, uh, talking bad for breaking bad? Well, this is the talking show for The Daily Show. You know what? Never mind. We'll come up with a better name for it later. Basically, what we're going to be talking about today is our segment Dulce and featuring TDS correspondent Dulce Sloan. Basically, these are explainer videos that go a little bit deeper into topics that, you know, people need to know a little bit more about, like the history of the strong black woman or the 19th Amendment. This week, we are talking about how female MCs shaped hip hop. Hip hop. It's how we know what bottles to pop and what luxury items we can't afford. And we've been living in a golden era of female rappers with legends like Missy Elliott, Lil' Kim and Lauryn Hill. Not to mention Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B dancing with a certain African who misplaced my ticket to the Grammys. But did you know that female rappers have been huge in every era? Every era? Every, every era? That didn't work. It's true. Rap's history is full of women who have largely been forgotten. Like Sylvia Robinson, the woman who helped create hip hop. Sylvia was a singer, record producer, label executive, and the first person to rock the Pharrell hat. She took rap from little-known basement parties in the Bronx to worldwide commercial success in 1979 by conceiving and producing rap's first hit record, Rapper's Delight. Not only was it the first rap single to conquer the charts, it also sold over a million copies. That's right, it went platinum. And back then, we didn't even know what that was. They had to whip out a periodic table. To help us walk us through this segment of Dulcean, Please welcome Dulce Sloan. How you doing, my love? Hello, Aunt. What up? For those that don't know, I call Uncle uh, Roy Wood Jr. Uncle Roy, even though he might be six years know, older than me. I don't know when I ascended to Uncle status in the world of comedy in New York, but you're not the only one. We'll discuss that off air. <laughs> <laughs> Also helping us walk through this segment today is Deep Dive producer Chelsea Williamson. Chelsea, please also don't call me Unc. Welcome aboard. (laughs) Hi, Roy. (laughs) I thought she was going to still say Unc. (laughs) Oh, me too. Me too. She respected a request. (laughs) Now, before we get into how Chelsea does the research on these stories over in Deep Dive, Dulce, break down the actual segment Dulce for me like what, what first what what is the purpose of the segment and just kind of where the origins of it uh the origins of it so the one of the producers of the show uh jen flange she approached me she's like well we have an interesting idea of kind of like an explainer piece like basically wanting to get like deeper information on a subject and they were like playing around with a name and she was like what do you think adults saying i was like that's 
hilarious. Um, and so, like, you know, like you were saying, I've done, like, the 19th Amendment and, you know, the trope of the strong black woman. Um, I believe we did one on hair care products, too, right? Like, black hair care products? Black hair, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, they are... I see them as topics that only I can really explain as a way to give our audience like deeper insight. So with this piece, it was to show the influence that women have had in hip hop and female MCs and the influence that they've had in music. The thing that I enjoy about Dulcein is that it's just you delivering facts and jokes because like traditionally in the field department, for the people who don't know the creative process over in the field wing, is you have to you pitch the topic and then the next question is okay well who are we going to talk to mm-hmm. about this topic mm-hmm. well, who could we get what expert and then it's booking and the next thing you know two months have passed because you, you got the perfect person but they scheduled on and, and it's too much and mm-hmm. you all can just go all right we just finna talk about this now chelsea because there is no person attached to this that means that all of the facts have to come from dulce which means we get to have the facts right which means you're the one deep diving on this. Where did what did you do? Just I, I guess we could talk broader about Dosane, but specifically about female MCs in hip hop. Where did you start that journey in assembling the pieces and looking at the history of it, so that then the writers can come into that document and go, "There's the joke. There's the joke." Then Dosane comes in and goes, "That's a good point. That's a point I want to make. I want to make that point." Yeah, I feel like a lot of it. it well, this one specifically began through what happened with Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez last year. Um, The shooting. Yes, the shooting last July. Rapper Tory Lanez has been charged in connection with the shooting of fellow hip-hop star Megan Thee Stallion. Lanez is accused of shooting Megan Thee Stallion's feet back in July after she exited his SUV during a fight in the Hollywood Hills. Got shot in both feet. Yes, both feet. her feet after they went to a party together. Bastard. So we had been trying to figure out how are we going to put this into some sort of piece like we need to do something because she is also not the first like female rapper that something like that has happened to in this industry. Um, So it just felt like. I don't know. It just felt like there was like not a trend, but like there is a trend. Yeah, yeah, it's like the sexism in the industry and how it affects like black women that specifically occupy the rap space, which is so misogynistic, I think anybody would admit. Um, so we wanted to tackle that in some way, shape or form. And it kind of ended up getting to the space of, well, let's talk about how women have influenced hip hop in general, because it's very much thought of as only men have done everything and that it's, it is still very male dominated. But as we showed, and as Dulce said, like black women literally founded and helped put together the first rap record. So it's like, we've been there since the beginning and you know we deserve our flowers and all the female rappers especially deserve their flowers because they never get them enough. Now, I saw the piece and I was disappointed to see that Charlie Baltimore had been um, ah, yes. passed over. Now, there's only so much time. That's not disrespect to Madam Charlie Baltimore, one of my favorite rappers from the 90s. Thank you very much. Um, but Chelsea, Chelsea, then Dulce, what were some what were some pieces of the historical timeline? Like, what did you have to cut? Who are the rappers that you didn't get a chance to get in? Because, you know, I'm a Southern guy, so I'm already biased 
to like the Mia X and the gangster mm-hmm. booze of the Thank world. Thank you so the much Trinas. for saying Mia X. Yes. No, Thank we you were, so much for saying Mia X. We wanted to include Salt Pepper and Spinderella. I mean, like they were some of the first ones. Like Correct. It, we had so many MC female rappers. Light. It you, was like, you have to MC, mention them. You can't. Right. Right. It was. It was like. It was literally like Sophie's choice. Um, like, it was like, who are we going to mention? Because we know we're going to offend somebody. And we actually weren't even able to. Ideally, we had wanted to end like on where we are now and like highlight, you know, the Megan the Stallions, the Cardi B's, Nicki Minaj, who kind of ushered in this entire new era. Um, and we weren't really able to. So we didn't we weren't able to get them in. We weren't able to get Trina, the baddest bitch. Um, you know, there were just a few that unfortunately we couldn't, you know, put in. But they mean so much to hip hop and like. That's not at all. So you had to focus on the foundation of the genre. Right. Of the gender in this genre. They'll say, were you okay with that? Once you all came to that decision, like, hey, we ain't got enough time to talk about present day hip hop. We talking from, you know, back in the day. We talking from cross color Carl Kanai. Right. Right (laughs) up. Coogee dresses. Yeah. Uh Right up to TLC. And then after that, that's going to be the cutoff. Right. Well, I think it's like... I think us not being able to include more present day artists uh, was a bit of a disservice, but one, you gotta cut stuff for time sometimes. But also I think when it comes to the music industry and it comes to hip hop, everything is very much what's happening now. Who's hot now? What's going on now? whose album just dropped, whose single just dropped. So I think we're very much aware of who is popping currently. So I think it being a bit of a history lesson was beneficial to people because there's a whole generation of folks that don't know that Queen Latifah was a rapper. There's a whole generation that don't know Ice Cube was a rapper. They argue me down about Will Smith, the youngest. He ain't never rapped. He won the first rap grip. What are you talking about? Do they even know about the fashion influence, D? Like the young people. I do sound like an uncle. You're right. Sustained. I'm sliding. You young kids don't know nothing about this. Uh... I'm worried about that I'm going to hit auntie status before I become a mother. And <laughs> that's going to be, I, don't, I can't handle that situation. Queen Latifah burst onto the rap scene with the pro-woman message. Her song, Ladies First, showed off not only her lyrical prowess, but also uplifted women and name-checked other female MCs. She was shouting out more women than Mambo Number no. 5. Then in 1993, her song called UNITY called out men in hip hop for referring to women as bitches and hoes. Bitches and hoes. That's my bad. I got caught up. I can see why I shouldn't have said that. I'm going to just mm-hmm. leave. That's why I think saying is such a rewarding segment because in a lot of ways, when you're doing segments that are about black issues, Chelsea, how are you all making sure that you're honoring like, because like, a black person, a white person will watch this segment different if we're just mm-hmm. going to be blunt. Mm-hmm. A black person is looking to see confirmation of things that they already knew. And it's great to see it being presented to another audience, whereas non-black viewers, are, it's kind of a, well, damn, I didn't know that. It's information. So, like, that's, it's interesting you said it that way, because, like, that's how I view, like, just my stand-up, just as a stand-up comic. Like, when I'm trying out a new bit, I'm looking for information. Does this work? Once the bit is established and I know it works, then it's confirmation. 
I already know this is funny. I'm just waiting for you to catch up. So when it comes to these segments, it's I I know one group of people, like when we are looking through scripts and we're fact checking, it's I gotta make sure that black people won't go, hey man, that's not, no, you should have, you should, you should have said something. That's not right. Um, cause like when we first got like the first draft of the script and we were talking about Queen Latifah and they were referencing her being a character on, like her playing a character on Living Single, her name was wrong in the script. And I just was like, her name is Khadija, not whatever they put in. And I'm like, oh, we got to fact check that. I'm like, what the hell are you fact checking? I just, just told ask you. a black person in the hall. The black person just told you. I've watched, not only did I see all the Living Single the first time, I also watched it again in lockdown. Her name is To be Khadija. fair to some of our writers in the building, they'll say Living Single was up against Seinfeld in the same time slot on Thursdays. And Mad About You. Don't ask me how I know. I Listen, I honestly, I think Mad About You might be one of the reasons I have a thing for these, uh, you know, God's chosen people. Honestly, I've been trying to figure it out. And I was like, mm, okay, might be that's, a, that's, a, that's a separate podcast. That's not it. That's a separate lifestyle. Um, <laughs> but I do like the fact that we're making that's where when I look at pieces like this, like when we're talking about, you know, the black hair products and things like that, there are certain like when we do these pieces, I'm always like, OK, we have to make sure we have a black writer on this because sometimes mm-hmm. as a black person if i i don't like being questioned because i told you what the shit is what are you asking me well we got to we going to do google is google your reference cuz i just told you so that's when you're saying like black people are looking for confirmation anyone who is not aware is looking for information so you want to make sure and nice. that's the thing with all of these pieces you have to make sure that you're doing both things you don't want to misinform, but you also don't want to say the wrong stuff. Because black people be like, y'all could have just, bruh, y'all ain't know that. <laughs> They'll call you out. Uh, Chelsea, before we go to a break real quick, I have to ask you a question since I know you were in on the writing part of this. There was a particular correspondent that was written into this um, piece <laughs> whose job it was to just come on and look like stupid man who interrupts woman. And rapping in a group is great for a female MC. Because when the man repeats what you just said, but slightly louder, he's not being sexist. He's being a good hype man. Being a good hype man. See, women weren't just part of rap's birth. They also invented the rap beat. The rap beat. Okay, that's enough. Whose decision was it to put this brother on the chopping block um, <laughs> in front of all the black women's on the internet? How does that happen? Like when you start having all these extra cameos and stuff. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it's um, it'll come out of the deep dive team. Like we'll be like, oh, you know, it would be a funny addition here is like the idea of like a hype man. And especially like ironic because we're talking about, you know, women MCs. Um, and I don't know, just like the the cultural meaning of a hype man in hip hop is just so important. It, it It was just funny. Like it was like you can't. You know, and nobody else would have made sense, honestly, Roy. Like, it's like... <laughs> who was it supposed to be? Cosmos? Right, who else was it supposed to be, be my hype man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, after the break, we're going to get into a little bit about our own personal relationships with hip-hop. Since I am the eldest uncle, I'm sure I remember some people that maybe you two don't, and we'll, we'll compare notes on which female MCs influenced us the most. This is Beyond the Scenes. We'll be right back. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop. 
like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk for a second about your personal relationship with female MCs in hip hop, like as women, as black women, as women. <laughs> the representation. How, I, I'm, I'm joking, but no, but seriously, how empowering was it to see that, you know, on television? Or did you all always see that and feel like it was not enough? Chelsea, I'll start with you. I mean, I feel like. The most impactful one for me actually was probably Nicki Minaj because of when she came out, which was like the latter half of my high school years. And I want to say that was like the first rap album I'd bought for myself um, with Pink Friday. Ooh. I don't know if I really got like the magnitude of the moment when I you know bought it, but like I knew that like, okay, this is this is going to be great. I love this girl. It was also because she was featured on Mariah's song. So and I'm a huge Mariah Carey fan. But other than that, I would say, yeah. <laughs> And then side note for that, Mariah always featured a lot of female MCs on her remixes in the 90s, and I loved those. So, yeah. Yeah, she did. Mariah had a nice little relationship with hip hop in the 90s, and then she would go yeah, to the Yeah, she had a remix to one of her songs. We had a song with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like, she did. Mariah it's so Perry. good. Oh, my God. She got <laughs> album under Tony Matola and was like, I'm with all the black people now. Yeah. <laughs> Negroes get only, Get me old, please. dirty bastard. Let me <laughs> yes. get... Tell him to shimmy shimmy y'all all over this track and watch it go platinum. <laughs> Dulce, you're a little different, in my opinion, than Chelsea in that you came up in a city, two cities, actually, Miami and Atlanta, that mm-hmm. acoustically are so unique that yes. it is possible to be a fan of someone who is gangbusters regionally, but yes. nationally people don't necessarily connect or resonate the gangster booze or I guess it for your era uh crime mob you know right because like um hey yo we knocking we bucking we ready, <laughs> ready to fight, to fight. <laughs> also people only think of, when you talk about who's in crime mob who do they talk about princess and diamond I don't know what them dudes names are <laughs> no clue <laughs> no fucking clue it's true it's true 
So who were some more of the mainstreams that you that you kind of fell in love with coming up? I remember as a kid uh, seeing Queen Latifah perform Ladies First on TV. I don't know if it was like in Living Color or it was like on a late night show, but I remember seeing Queen Latifah perform on TV. I break into a lyrical freestyle, grab the mic, check the crowd and see smile. But it only seemed like there were mainly like female rappers from like the North. Cause like you like, you know, Queen Latifah, MC Light, um, and Salt and Pepper. Yeah. And then like when DeBrat came out, it was like, and DeBrat's not from the South either, but she was with Domain Japri. So by default, she's a Southern. Yeah, she's sh- Chicago. Or- yeah, that's what I thought. She's from mm-hmm. Chicago. So I think the only, the first time I really heard a female rapper that was from a sound that I was accustomed to was when DeBrat came out and she would be on songs with Jermaine Dupree. The thing that I thought was very interesting, um, it seemed like there was, um, and you all correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like when female MCs first came in the game, there had to be kind of a rough, gruff, you know, MC-like. Gotta rough and get stuff a rough with your night. Afro puffs? Yeah, yeah. Lady, of Lady of Rage. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember my mom. Conscious Daughters, that was another yeah. regional one out west. My mom did my hair like her one time, like Lady of Rage, but like I had a relaxer, so I couldn't have Afro puffs. So my mother bought burgundy weave. Mind you, this is like in like the mid nineties in Miami. So every little girl had grown woman ass hair. No, Like I remember being in like elementary school and being like, we're playing touch football today. And it was like me and like seven other black girls being like, these are fresh finger waves, coach. Nope, I ain't running around in this Miami heat with fresh finger waves. Nah, dude, it's gotta last till Sunday. So, I, my mom gave me, gelled on my hair down, and I had legit burgundy Afro puffs because apparently my mother really was a fan of the Lady of Rage. Are there pictures? <laughs> we need pictures of that. Nah, Please. dog. My, uh, I didn't come from a picture-taking family. Go to the Daily Show Twitter account if you want to see Dulce as Lady of Rage <laughs> circa <laughs> Maybe one day, baby. Um, but yeah, I re... So like, I think, because I grew up in the 90s, I remember seeing a lot of female rappers and then there weren't any. Because like MC Light, I don't know where she went and then like, you know, Trina and Gangster Boo popped up. But it's kind of like when people talk about like, okay, there can only be like one big black comic at a time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it was Pryor and then there was Eddie Murphy and then, you know, now it's, you know, the Chappelle and Kevin Hart. So that's like, and then they're just going, you can only have one big female rapper at a time when there's a bunch of dudes talking nonsense all day and everyone's on board with it. I always felt like there was a feeling where there was proud to be a woman. There was like a proud to be woman era of lyricism within female hip hop. And then it was, I'm as bad as these dudes and I'll beat your ass era which lyricism, which is kind of the yeah. brat, and which is kind of gangster boo, which is mm-hmm. a little bit Trina, and Trina was kind of that transition, and little Kim. I'ma throw shade if I can't get paid. Blow you up to your girl like the army grenade. You can slide on my ice like the escapade. And then you get your yaya with the marmalade. Little Kim yeah. was kind of mm-hmm. overlap of I'll beat your ass, but also we can have sex if you would like to have sex. Which one would you prefer? And now I feel like Female rappers have given so much space now, finally, to be all of the different things that a woman can be like. I love, and I'm not saying this because she's from Montgomery, Alabama. I really enjoy Chica. 
I really Chica. enjoyed. Isn't Chica. Flo Millie from Flo Millie too? Is from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Flo yes. Millie's from Alabama. And there's this expressiveness of no, I'm going to talk about my inner thoughts and my wants, and I don't have to. If I choose to, I don't have to sexualize my lyrics. You have the freedom and the right to, but I can also be something else. And the industry goes, ah, yes, you come, come get a record deal too. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot more choice nowadays than there used to be. I do feel like, you know, that gap that we were just talking about that kind of happened after like Kim, Foxy and all of them came up and they changed the entire game. Like if we're being 100% honest, you know, Kim and Foxy made women owning their sexuality a thing. Um, It wasn't really talked about often from the woman's perspective in, in rap and hip hop, the way that they were talking about it before them. But kind of in consequence to that, that was then expected of all female rappers for at least a decade. Which it's just you need to be the next Kim Foxy, which means you need to be dripped in Gabbana, like they said. You need to be talking about sex as like all the time. You need to be selling sex. Like it was a very specific um, archetype that they wanted for so long. And record labels even have said it now that they said women rappers were just too expensive. And that's one of the reasons there was such a long gap is they were like, we don't want to get a rubbing rapper because then we got to pay for hair. We got to pay for nails. We got to pay for your you know, looks. We got to pay for all this stuff. You've made it now so expensive to be a woman rapper. And then you're acting like wow. that's the reason to gatekeep. Also, it's like with, I mean, with little Kim, like the thing I remember specifically about being like when I was like, Middle school going into high school. One, Lil' Kim has a line in her song where she says, I could make a Sprite can disappear in my mouth. And there was way too many people attempting this. Um, <laughs> just locked, Joe. Just destroyed. Just, just, just. And then feeling inadequate. I'd never tried it because I was like, this makes no sense. Um, and then I remember a rumor about Lil' Kim having to go to the hospital to get her stomach pumped. Because she'd had a wild night with a couple of men, and let's just say there was, uh, I don't know how to say this and keep it Christian. Um, ejaculate, yeah. I guess, is the best yeah. way to say it. There's, I think, I think people get the gist. Yeah, well, I mean, she did too. So it's like this is so sexual but it seemed like it was we're being open about our sexuality but it was still through a male gaze yeah like it was like i'm gonna talk about sex as a woman how men talk about sex and i still felt like it didn't feel like it was from a woman's perspective like i think the like i think it took like Nikki or now especially Megan the Stallion and Cardi B but especially Megan the Stallion I was like this is what it sounds like when a woman talks about sex mm-hmm. because Megan's always talking about a man pleasuring her you know what I mean as opposed to because it seemed like a lot of times like with Lil Kim and Foxy Brown it was still them talking about like they were open with their sexuality but it was still talking about pleasuring a man you see what I'm saying Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. them receiving pleasure from pleasuring a man, as opposed to, you know, Megan the Stallion being like, "Yeah, you're gonna go down on me while I play a video game." Like you're like, "Yeah, that is about her." <laughs> yeah, call me Patty Cake, cause the way that ass shakes, I'ma make them eat me out while I'm watching anime. We gotta go to break, but I'll I'll tell you my female rapper that energized and awakened me, 
And it's in that same little Kim, Foxy Brown, Trina sexualized bravado era. But you had real flow as well. That's the other thing. Like this wasn't gimmick rap. These Mm -mm. women had bars. But for me, it was Mia X because Mia X was so counterculture to what everybody was doing. And when Master P dropped Unbout It in 1995 and they shot that video in the Calio Projects and Mia X, she's wearing a black baseball jersey and she's got a baseball bat. She's wearing a do-rag. And I'm like, this woman will beat the shit out of me. (laughs) <laughs> you have my undivided attention now. That was the woman that just like, oh yeah. That was the one like to this day. I met her at Essence Fest and I basically told her that story. I was like, just you with the bat, and she said Yes, baby, I will beat the shit out of you. I said, thank you. Look at God. <laughs> yes. I remember seeing her, and the thing is, because, like, Queen Latifah has never been, like, a small woman, right? I don't know how this makes sense. Like, you know how, like, Ashley Graham is a plus-size model? Mm-hmm. But she just looks like a... It's not, she's not a fat she's woman. She's real yeah, no, I know. Yeah, regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she she's looks like the type of woman. curvy that they want. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's how Queen Latifah looked to me. But when I saw Mia X and I'm like, oh, I know I know a million women that look like this woman. I am I currently like I look like like she she looked familiar and she felt familiar. And so and little bastards in my neighborhood started calling me Mia X and I was like, I don't hate it. Um <laughs> so actually, thank you. Um, but I remember hearing her and going, Absolutely. Like, yes. Like, I was always happy to hear her and to see her. And it was, it was like, it felt like Master P really fucked with her. Because it seemed like sometimes, like, these, right, like, sometimes when these girls and these, like, the women in some rap groups are just like, oh, yeah, we got a girl. Mm -hmm. She, uh, come on, sweetheart. Come say some words. Come on, we got a girl. Which was why it was great. The crime mob had (laughs) two girls. Um... Who have the two, like, the, the one, you know, I love Nuck If You Buck. We've all decided at work that it would be the new Negro spiritual. But it it was the same kind of feeling. Because when you would be out in Atlanta, that was the lines. Like, their verses, you would just see just hood-ass dudes in Atlanta. And everybody sing Like, because sometimes, you know, with dudes, they'll, like, stop on the female verse. Mm-hmm. They stop mm-hmm. rapping. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, I ain't gonna say this. Like, nah. When Diamond Princess came on, everybody was. They were like, we don't care that they women because these bitches is going in. So I like. I was so glad when there got to be more female Southern rappers because this was a style that I liked. And I was like, I know there's got to be women out here rapping that are from the South. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's only New York chicks doing this. Even in regards to Mia X, like. That's also getting into the fact that so many of these labels will really got famous off of the female rappers that they signed. The one. Mia X is one on No Limit. I want to say hers was like the first album that like started charting, if I'm remembering the BET documentary they did on them mm-hmm. last year. Ruthless Records with Easy e JJ Fad, which was an all-woman rap group, was the first record that started charting for them and put them on the map. Like, And those aren't the only two examples. It happens so much. But again, like, nobody gives the women their credit um, that they rightfully deserve. 
This is Mia X bar, and then we're going to go to a break. This is Mia X. I'm about it. Circa ah. 1995. Poetry. I keep your ear holes laced with my pimpstress funk. Punk's player hate because they shit be bunk. It's trash. But I dunk somebody's head into a toilet full of piss because in this drama field, fool, we ain't taking no shit. Man, come on. <clears throat> bars. Bars. We go Very beyond nice. the bars on Beyond the Scenes. After the break, I want to talk to you all about the challenges that female rappers are facing now in the industry and kind of where things are headed. I'm Roy Virginia. This is Beyond the Scenes. We'll be right back. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. We've been talking about all of these amazing MCs and the ways they influenced us. Before the break, we forgot to talk about Lauren Hill. Funny how money changes situation. And just what Lauren Hill meant to that brain, because we talked about the transition of lyricism out of sexualization into whatever, which way you want it to go. I think it's fair to say that Lauren Hill was able to kind of expand minds in the sense that, oh, if you don't want to pop your coochie, you can also talk about mm, this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would definitely say that I don't think we would have a Drake without Lauren Hill, if I'm being honest, just in terms of like the rap and singing. <laughs> like, I mean, if we want to trace a lineage here, I'm just saying it exists. Um, but, you know, in Drake terms of the rap is and singing. Lauren Hill 2.0. Well, I don't know if I go that far with him, but like, you know, he's he's a good oh, he's a good attempt. Um, but you know, I don't think we'd have him. We wouldn't have an Azalea Banks. We wouldn't have like so many now rappers incorporate. I mean, do we vibes. do we well, have Azalea Banks? That, Where is she? Is she I, okay? I will also very much say the Azalea Banks before <laughs> everything recently. <laughs> go but, get her, man. She need help, dog. I know. Like we don't, we don't. I don't know why we don't want to help her. We put up with Kanye's foolishness. We have. Uh, we have for very But I guess years. if she was considered a genius, 
then yeah, we would. Okay, so then to that point, then Dulce, what are some of the biggest hurdles that are faced by female MCs? Because Azalea is a woman who's been very vocal about the industry and the shadiness of it. What What are some of the things that you think women MCs are dealing with today that they weren't say in 1993? Now you can meet two these niggas. Before you just had to take it. Like before you couldn't say anything. And also, would anybody have cared in the first place? But if you're, because if you're coming out rapping about, you know, sucking dicks, popping pussy, ba da 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 da, are people gonna have any sympathy for you when you go, hey, this man was being inappropriate? You're like, ma'am, we got two albums of you being inappropriate. So I think now you're able to. You're able to have some agency over what happens to you more because now you can hold people accountable in some form or fashion. So the abuse that happens to women rappers within the industry, they can call that out faster to weed that out and have a better chance of having a career that's not deterred by that type of drama. Yeah, because I'm sure like a lot of female rappers, because you see like, because I've always wondered like, you have these female rappers and I'm like, where'd she go? And... I can't always believe it's like, oh, her record stopped selling. Also, there's more there's more ways to release your music. You don't have to be beholden to some... Like, if you could produce your own album, there's comics that produce their own albums and put them on Apple and put them on Spotify and all this other stuff. Uh, so you SoundCloud can put, to the world. Yeah, SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. We got plenty of SoundCloud rappers. So, you know, if you get enough following on YouTube or Instagram or any of the social media you can kind of skirt around a lot of the nonsense that rappers, you know, female rappers in 93 or 2003 were dealing with because you don't have to be beholden to some man having a chokehold on your future. It's like, well, you know, if you do this and, you know, we might not put your album in like, I don't need you. I got the whole internet. I put this album all over that. That's Cardi B all day. Right. (laughs) So I have space. I'm not... The system is gone. Like the system broke. The system broke. You can release songs for free if you want to just to get your name out. And so you don't have to wait to be the one female rapper that they let pop every five years. Why is that, Chelsea? Is that are the women rappers held to a different standard? Because from what I can hear, the songs are just as hot. The flow is just as good. Yeah, no, I definitely think that women rappers are held to different standards. I think this is actually something Dulce and, and I were talking about is just, it's kind of no matter what industry you're in. Um, yeah. Women are constantly underestimated and thought of as lower, and especially in rap, which is so male-dominated and misogynistic, like, these women are still getting asked whether they write their lyrics. I'm like, men don't even write their lyrics anymore, like, why is that even still a question? Like, people are still like, oh, did Cardi B write XYZ? Da, 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 da. And it's like, does it matter? Like, you know, like, who cares? But then on top of that, like, they have to Drake do got all hella the ghostwriters. Okay. I mean, I'm like, that's why we had the whole feud between him and Meek Mill. Um, but, you know, like, it, even with all of that, these women are also supposed to be super fashionable all the time. They have to have all the hella choreography. Like, they are dancing, they are giving you, they're rapping. They're trying to dance like they're Janet Jackson <laughs> and at the same time, like still trying to like keep a bomb flow and like have great lyrics. Like, and the men just aren't, 
listen, Migos can walk around three times and they'll be out of breath. There's also just the fact that there's so many mediocre rapping men out here, like, but we can't have a female equivalent of that. Or whenever somebody is like not to whatever XYZ standard is, it's suddenly like the whole hip hop world is gonna, you know, go and in, burst into flames because this girl can't rap on beat or whatever. And it's like, you know how many men can't? Most of them. I mean, I <laughs> I think for me, the true measure of equality is allowing mediocrity. Truly. Ooh. Because Ooh. when I think of, because like only 20% of comics are women, right? Mm-hmm. So out of 100 comics, 20 of them are women. And I had a, male com- I had a conversation with, uh, ooh, mm, mm, I held the shade back in. I held the shade back in. Mm, I'm so proud Good of myself. Job. Good job. Uh, I'm trying to be blessed this year. And, but he was like, I don't know a lot of like women killers. I don't know like a lot of women killers. And I'm just like, are you looking for male killers? Because he's like, well, you know, I'll see a lineup. And I'm like, out of 10 comics, only one of them is a woman. Out of a lineup on a show, out of 10 comics, there's usually one of them is a woman. Out of these other nine comics that are all men, four of them probably are okay. But all every female comic is represented in this one girl, right? And she has to destroy. She has to fucking destroy. And so because when women succeed in a male-dominated industry, it's just like when you're, you know, any marginalized group that is trying to be successful in an industry that's either predominantly white or predominantly male, you're going to have a problem and you're going to be held at a different standard because it's like, well, you need to show us that you're as good as us. And I'm like, half of you motherfuckers are trash. So I only need to be as good as half of y'all, technically. Yeah, but the industry wants you to be undeniable across the board better than any man we've ever seen. I'm really waiting for the day where female artists, because it seems like as I've gotten older, the less and less clothes female artists have on. Just in any, like the only girls that I still really see like fully dressed are like country singers. Them still, them girls still got clothes on. Everybody else by half naked. And I was like, okay, when we can get to the point where you can listen to a woman perform a song and she and something and her titties aren't out or her ass is not just let her be fully dressed, then it's just like, okay, because if it was because also there's a lot of ugly male rappers. A lot of them. Yeah. Facts. Mostly. There are no there are no ugly female rappers. None. Hang on, hang True. on. Let me think. Hang on. Uh, uh-uh. let me think. <laughs> let me see. Yeah, they all. Yeah, eights yeah. are better. All eights. Mm-hmm. Eights are better. It's a lot of fours with the male rappers. Eh, negative sixes. Just out here <laughs> in the world. <laughs> but they'll say you don't think that WAP being performed at the Grammys was like this major moment for sex positivity? Or- Absolutely, it was. Absolutely. And it's it was interesting to see the whites uh freak out to the point that they were having like medical professionals interviewing them like, well, is this a thing? Like, well, no, actually, if if this is happening to you, then it's a disorder. Bitch, you're not finna sit up on a white man's internet and tell me that a wet pussy is a disorder. I'm not finna do this. I'm not finna listen to this nonsense. We're not gonna No, I'm a Christian. I'm not finna listen to this. So it was 
crazy to see people just short circuit over this song. Because, like, I remember the first time I heard it, and I just was like, I don't think I'm old enough to listen to this song. I truly, <laughs> I need adult supervision. <laughs> this song needs to come. I was like, oh, this is why parental advisory stickers were invented. Because they were like, well, our children, I'm just like, listen, it is not TV's responsibility to raise your child, period. And like, well, we're looking up to them as role models. And I was like, if your children aren't being provided with better role models than Cardi B, there's something going on. There's something wrong in your house. So, Chelsea, as we wrap up here, who should we be listening to now? Who's the future of (laughs) the women's? Who's the future of black women's female hip hop? I love Flo Millie. I love Brie, Run- Brie Runway. Um, I am Dochi. Um, Sweetie, I feel like, is like gonna have, like, she she's about to hit that atmospheric uh, stage, I feel like, that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, she's coming around the corner too. Yeah, she's yeah, another one. Yeah. yeah, she's dropped that dead weight. Um, and. Yeah, I feel like those ones, those are the ones that I listen to mostly. And then, of course, like Megan, I feel like she hasn't really hit like that big, big, you know, stage yet. But I feel like she it's got like the gonna Beyonce happen. vouch at the Grammys. I think that's she gonna did. be the next thing. You know, she did. I think we'll see. It'll be interesting though because I feel like last year was kind of a mulligan because of COVID. There was no touring, and touring is just as important to female artists, to musicians in general. But to really tour a single. That's a very, very important part of being able to become atmospheric and go mm-hmm. to that next level. We, For sure. Well, this was a fun conversation. We didn't even get a chance to talk about um, them white women rappers out in Oakland. Um, oh, you're talking about V Nasty? Yeah, we didn't even get into that. Yeah, V Na- uh, yeah, Nasty got canceled. And then, um, what's that girl that did the Gucci Gucci song? One oh, of them the other one got out the game. Crayshawn. 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 And then I think she had like a remix. With, Igloo uh, Australia. Yeah, well, we, we and we never got to talk about uh, Iggy Azalea. Um, that might be Igloo Australia. That's, that's Igloo uh, Australia. Yes. It, listen, listen. <laughs> the shades coming out at the end. I was just. Let me listen, that was an Azalea Banks special. She came up with that. That is 100% sure. <laughs> Praise God. We thank her for it. Murder Business. Oh, I Murder know. Murder Business was I know. a great it was so song. good. <laughs> Murder Business was great. And then she started going on like the press tour. And then she started talking and everybody went, oh, you from where? <laughs> like Keith Urban is Australian and that's still confusing to me as well, right? But we let it ride. But Iggy Azalea, listen, when we found out she was Australian and everybody dropped her like a hot rock and T.I. just had to go, I'm sorry, friend, and just let her go. If she'd have been from Atlanta, she'd have been fine. Yeah, She'd have been fine. If she was from any, she could have been from Wisconsin and we would have allowed it. Montana, North Dakota, we don't care. Uh, we might have well, gave her Canada. Australia? You know no. Next time, the next dull saying, we'll do white female MCs. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love V Nasty. And then she kept getting in trouble for saying the N word. And she was just like, but my friends say it. We're like, we're not playing. No. Oh. And she's like, but we're like, no. And she just would not stop saying it. And she got canceled. But Crayshawn was fun. I'm just like, yeah, this girl's got about two years and she's going to be back at that Office Depot. Well, 
V Nasty lived up to her name. I can't thank you all enough uh, for joining me and leading me and the listeners through this wonderful, wonderful journey of female MCs in hip hop. Chelsea Williamson, Daily Show Deep Dive. Thank you. Dulce Sloan, as always. You can see Dulce on The Daily Show and you can see Chelsea's great work on The Daily Show every single night. I'm Roy Wood Jr. This has been Beyond the Scenes. We just went beyond the scenes. We did it. Now we back in the present. <laughs> Gucci, 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 Fendi, Fendi, Prada. Listen to The Daily Show Beyond the Scenes on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to go even further beyond the scenes? Check out the video version of Beyond the Scenes on The Daily Show's YouTube page. In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.